0: Chapter 1 The Front Door Green, with frosted glass panels, and a big chunky knocker. The bell doesn't work. has never worked. He remembers that first viewing. Standing in front of it, expectant, hopeful, hand in hand with Marius. He remembers, like his first kiss. The first time he put the key in the lock. Turning first the wrong way, then the right fumbling over the not-yet-familiar gesture. When I tell people what I do, they always want to know if I've worked on anything famous. Ben Johnson's Shakespeare, the Austin Juvenalia, Abinger Papers. I have, but these aren't the projects I cherish. What I like are diaries and letters, commonplace books and ledgers, calendars, invitations and almanacs, the everyday documents of nobody in particular. Ephemera, it's called, from the Greek, like those frail-legged mayflies with their lace and stained glass wings who live only for a day. I wonder sometimes if it's a strange occupation, this semi-obsessive preservation of the transitory. But, whereas for some people, history is a few loud voices declaiming art, and making war across the centuries. For me, it's a whispering chorus of laundry day and grocer's bills, dress patterns, and crop rotations. The price of tallow. Only that morning, I was assessing and stabilizing several folders of late 19th century papers, in preparation for digitization. I noticed that some of the accompanying envelopes seemed slightly thicker than their fellows. Inside one, I found a handful of pressed flowers. Inside another, some pieces of fabric. Even my phone's impatient reminders of a waiting message couldn't break the moment. Me, and these pieces of lives, linked for a little while at least, in quietness and time. Then I peeled off my gloves and picked up my phone. I hadn't seen the sky darken or heard the rain begin to fall. But all of a sudden, it was coming down hard. Just streams of grey water on the windows, blurring the view like tears the message read sure you know this sweetie but there's a flood warning for your area lol love mum X. two nearly three years on and Marius' mother still kept in touch still remembered my birthday and still gave every indication of loving me unlike her son she had no idea how much it hurt sometimes I try to blame her If she had raised him with a little more guilt, a little more shame, a greater sense of social and personal obligation, he might never have left me. What we'd had was good. It would have lasted a lifetime. The lol wasn't personal. She'd picked it up as a thing commonly said on social media, and we hadn't quite realised the magnitude of the problem until Uncle Teddy dead lol. And by then it was too late to do anything. I wanted to ignore her. But she would just worry. So I sent back, fine, lol. Which is probably likely to be true. We, I, lived on a floodplain. But most of the city is a floodplain. My friend Grace, who was less romanced by sandstone and dreaming spires than me, once called it England's cunt. She said, it's basically a big wet cleft in the middle of the country. A phrase that has, somehow, never quite found its way into the poetry or history of the place, but I always thought she meant it affectionately. She was the sort of person who could get away with saying things like that. The house has flooded twice, once in 1947 and once in 2007, but not since we moved in. We'd known it was a flood risk when we bought the place, but I'd wanted it, and Marius had apparently been willing to indulge me. Since the early days of our relationship, we'd found ways to live together, in cramped student rooms, awkwardly in shared houses with friends, in a flat we rented. But this was the first, the only property we'd ever owned. You don't really fall in love with a house, you fall in love with the life you could have in it.